sometimes. The best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And welcome to the Back of the Range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 259. Welcome once again from Greyhawk, getting ready to start my second week in the desert. One championship down, one to go. Congrats to the ladies of Stanford University. They were the top-ranked team all season long, powered by Rachel Heck and Rose Zhang, and they came into Greyhawk and took care of business. Rose followed in Rachel's footsteps and captured the individual title. That's two consecutive Stanford freshmen to win the top individual mark, and they rolled through match play, defeating Oregon in the finals. We move on to the men's championship this week where there are so many strong teams in the field. Picking a clear favorite is next to impossible. However, there is one team coming into Greyhawk as the top-ranked team in the country, and that is Oklahoma. My guest on this episode is one of their senior leaders, one of two Haskins Award finalists on this team, Logan McAllister. Logan was a member of the OU team last season that fell in the finals to Pepperdine, so he is clearly coming in looking for redemption. Logan is also number two in the PGA Tour U rankings, so there's quite a bit on the line in the next few days, not only for OU's title chances, but this week could also lock down Corn Ferry Tour status for Logan once he makes that inevitable jump to the professional ranks. In this episode, we recap the season, had some fun at the expense of Logan's teammates, especially former back-of-the-range guest Chris Goderup, because, you know, why wouldn't you? We had a fun conversation that let you behind the curtain of the best team in the country, and as you'll find after listening to this episode, Logan is a player that you'll want to root for this week at the NCAAs, and also for many years to come. Brief housekeeping items, make sure that you are tuning into Golf Channel to watch the coverage on TV, and also follow the Back of the Range on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let's get this episode started. Logan, welcome to the Back of the Range. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Ben? Uh, thanks, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Why are we laughing already? This is, I mean, let's let's get somewhat serious here. This is the postseason <laughs> national championship. Sooners. What, what's up, Giggles? What's going on over there? I guess it's because I'm talking to you. I don't know. I understand. So uh, I'm glad you could spare some time. I know you're at a very important uh, social engagement right now, and you're able to to break away and talk a little bit about your season. And obviously, we're we're talking just a couple days before. You make another visit out to the desert at Greyhawk. Uh, before we talk about your season and your accomplishments and, and everything that's going on with, with this in, incredible season that uh, you know you've had, I, Sooners have had seven wins this year, which is just mind-boggling. We'll, we'll get to that, but uh, I know you're an Oklahoma guy and uh, you know native of Oklahoma City. And I guess uh, if I'm correct, you uh, spent some time at Southern Hills already, catching at, or catching some of the action at the PGA Championship you're going to try and play professional golf at some point in your life. How does that golf course look to you? And with your skill set right now, do you want any part of something like that? Or is, is where, when you look at a course like that and how the pros are handling it, what's your immediate reaction? Uh, I'd like to think that I want a piece of it right now. I don't okay. know if I actually do or not, but um, yeah, it's been, you know, you Oklahoma doesn't really have very many golf tournaments and to have a major this week is uh, for the whole Oklahoma community, especially golf community here. Uh, I think everyone that I know has, has been out to the PGA because everyone's interested in seeing what's going on. And it's been, it's been fun to watch these guys firsthand, especially 
as I um, start my pro golf journey in, in a couple of weeks. So I uh, actually, we went out and followed Tiger yesterday morning and it was an absolute zoo, but I told myself, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'll see Tiger again in person uh, playing in a tournament unless I'm playing with him. Right. So I, I, fig- I figured I'd go out and uh, watch him for a few holes. So that was pretty cool. And then just kind of hung out and uh, got to see Oklahoma's finest uh, in Southern Hills. And it, it's as good as it ever has been. And it's always like that, but for a major championship, they obviously step it up a notch. So it was cool to see that yesterday. And I'm actually going out there tomorrow and going to watch some more golf too. So I'm excited for it. Now, have you seen, I'm not going to ask you if you, if you would partake in a, in this, but you know, you're, you're still an amateur and collegiate athlete, but, uh, and you're, you're getting ready for the national championship. But a lot of talk has been about these $18 uh, Michelob ultras. And just, I'm sure you've seen quite a few of those out there. No one has boycotted beer at the PGA championship. Have they? Uh, no, they have not. Okay. I saw more people with, with $18 beers in their hand yesterday. than I think I've seen in my whole life. So, uh, the $18 did not scare anyone away. I can promise you that. All right. Logan McAllister, boots on the ground, correspondent for the back of the range. Love <laughs> it. Love it. I mean, got the number two ranked guy in PGA Tour U with the vital information that listeners want to make sure they, uh, they can get. So, um, well, let's talk a little bit about this crazy season. I mean, you know, this this sentence, I can't believe I'm saying it, but you your team has not finished worse than fourth the entire year. Now, when you just look at your schedule, look at the results and what you've done thus far, I know you've seen incredible success. You're part of the, one of the greatest programs of the last, I mean, gosh, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever you want to call it. But even you, looking back at this, I know the job's not done, but when you look at that, what is your immediate reaction? Um, my immediate reaction is is that it shows what Coach Hibble has been able to do at Oklahoma, to be honest with you. I think a lot of you know, we had, we've had a couple of really nice seasons since I've been here. Um, and I, I would attribute a lot of that to what coach Hibble's done and what he's done to develop every player on this team. I don't think there's too many blue bloods, if you will, coming out of junior golf, but yeah. he's really good at making guys that might be considered mid tier going into college, um, and turn them into top tier guys. And I feel like that's what we have here at OU is, is not only five, but really 12 guys that are, are becoming top tier players. And um, w- when you get a team of, of guys like that together, um, it's it's going to lead to a lot of success. And we've been lucky enough to have that. And, you know, we've we've we're all really close. You know, we hang out all the time and we're able to uh, kind of feed off of each other. If you will, we push each other every day. Um, and obviously that's led to a lot of success. And it's been really fun to be a part of that. Now you've been there. I mean, you're a senior. You've been through the, the the struggles of of a freshman, you know, year. Whether it's on the golf course or academically, I mean, every you know that transition from high school to college for anyone, whether you're you're an athlete or not, is it can be difficult. When you look back at that freshman year, how you handled it that year to where you are now, does it still kind of blow your mind how you actually got through this and actually reached this level with the team? Yeah, for sure. I mean, my, my freshman year, I came in and I was not ready for what was about to hit me, to be honest with you. And it took me, you know, a solid nine months of trying to understand what, what it takes to actually be at the top level, which is what OU has been for, for the last five, even 10 years. Um, And so coming in, I didn't really realize what it was like to not only be on a team but be able to perform myself for the team um and so it took it took some some tough lessons my freshman year I mean I didn't really I didn't really play too much my freshman year and then I was able to 
to be the sub for all three postseason events. And I would say that that was probably the most important month of my life, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, just being able to see what these guys are doing better than me and seeing, you know, areas that I might be better than them at, to be honest with you. So it, gave, it almost gave me a little bit of confidence knowing that, that I have the skill set that a lot of these guys do. I just have to clean stuff up. So, you know, everyone wants to come in and play right away and play really good golf right away. But in reality, that rarely happens. You know, there's five or six freshmen a year that are actually standouts and the rest of them are just kind of hanging on for dear life or not even making the lineup. So, um, yeah, I mean, with, without that freshman year of me not playing very well and, and getting to learn a bunch of stuff, I don't, I don't think I would be where I'm at right now. Yeah, it'd be really interesting, actually, to look at every single six-man that comes to Greyhawk in the next few days for the national championship. And obviously, there's going to be some seniors there, but there's probably going to be a lot of underclassmen. It'd be really interesting to see what those six men do, like, in two years or three years. Cause yeah, for sure. You're 100% right. The, that you may... I'm sure, I'm sure there's that level of disappointment where, where you know, hey, I'm, I'm not, maybe I'm not going to play at all or I'll play a little, but the the lessons and the experience that you gain from that is just invaluable. Now, there are a lot of juniors that listen to this podcast, as you know, and parents of juniors. And before we talk a little bit more about this season and what's, uh, what's lying ahead, you know, again, you've played at one of the elite D1 programs for the last four years, immersed in an incredible culture of winning and, and discipline and hard work. As someone that's getting ready to leave the collegiate ranks, what advice can you give to a junior that you know is starting to either enter a new program next year or still possibly looking at places to play next year? Do you have any advice, even just one thing that you can share with juniors and parents that are kind of figuring out what lies ahead in the in the following year? I would just say be a sponge. Take take in everything that you hear from from people that have more experience than you, whether it be a you know your dad who might've played college golf or something or your coach at the university, kind of like it was for me. Um, just, just take everything that you hear and, you know, whether it's right or wrong, at least listen to it and, and take it in. And I think you'd be a, a lot better off. You know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bumps in the road when it comes to golf. And a lot of them happen in that transition from junior golf to college golf, just because it's so much different. You're playing for yourself in junior golf. You're normally traveling with your parents or whatever. And when you get to college golf, you're, you're playing for your team. I mean, you are playing for your individual, but you're playing for your team too. You know, a lot of times you're not traveling with, with anyone except your team. And so I would just say to, to uh, be ready for, for change and listen to, to those around you that, that have more wisdom than you, because if you can do that, hopefully you can, you can uh, drive right on over some of those bumps that I had to go through. Yeah. Well said. Your season last year ended right around, obviously, this time last year. You uh, reached the final against Pepperdine. You guys, um, you know, lose 3-2. And then you lose Reband, you lose Brightwell, and you lose Quade Cummins. And then you have the summer, and you start again in September. And really, other than a runner-up at the Carmel Cup, you really start off as with a win at Merido. You would think any other program that loses three starters, perhaps the culture would be like, all right, we got a rebuilding year. We lost a lot of our, our, our championship caliber team. Do you kind of remember getting back on campus after the summer and how Coach Hibble set you guys up to not think that way? You know, we're not rebuilding. We're moving forward. We're going to get right back to where we want to be. How did he set the set the culture up for this season? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, like, summer golf and, and getting into the getting into the season was a little bit there was a lot of unknowns as far as what our team would look like 
how we would actually play um, and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I think it probably scared some people and it, it, we were never, we were never scared in Norman. I can promise you that because we know what, um, what our foundation is and what we thrive on. And that's being the underdog, to be honest with you. Um, you know, we always, <laughs> we, we always joke with, with the old Brentley, uh, number 14 before the season but to be honest with are you that talking about brentley romine by any chance <laughs> uh yeah i am all right, all right. Uh, <laughs> now listen we're gonna be nice this guy just had a baby yeah. he's got hey, other things hey. on his mind right now no no we we always talk about it i mean that was one of the best things that could have happened for us to be honest with you because it put a light under us that was like let's go prove let's go prove these guys wrong and there's i mean it's nothing against brentley i right. think anyone would have if, if everyone was releasing rankings i think it probably would have been something similar but in norman we knew we knew what we were capable of and we knew that we had a lot of talent on this team. And, uh, you know, like I said, that that's what coach is really good at is, is we're number one in the country right now, but we still feel like we have something to prove. Um, and so that, that's how it was last year when we were really successful, we still felt like we had something to prove and we didn't feel like we were at the top of the mountain yet. And that's just a testament to the culture that, that he's built around OU um, that there's always something that we can find that's a little bit of a chip on our shoulder. And luckily enough, we got a bunch of guys that can perform with that chip on their shoulder because I think a lot of people would shy away from it a little bit. Um, but we're able to use that and play better because of it, to be honest with you. So it, it's been huge to to have that preseason ranking um, and use that as fuel all year long. Kind of reminds me of the uh, European Ryder Cup team with Alan Shipnuck. It's kind of one of those kind of things. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, Brentley won't be at the national championship, as I said. Just had a baby, so um, yeah. I'm, but I'm sure you guys have his number, and you will let him know of anything that uh, if, if things seem to go your way uh, over here at Greyhawk, then uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you'll have no uh, no no lack of ability of reaching out to him. Um, so speaking of the unknown, you really didn't know what the team was going to look like. Well, it uh, a big pickup for you guys, uh, you know, for this year is uh, is getting Chris Goddard up. He transfers over from Rutgers. He brings along uh, his his array of joggers from New Jersey to Norman, Oklahoma. When I mean you're you're one of I mean you're one of the returning starters coming back to this team, you know, coming in as a senior and then Goddard up shows up. Uh, how much did you know Chris leading into this season? I mean, obviously you play, you know, some of the similar, you know, summer events, but probably didn't spend a whole lot of time with him. I mean, what was the first, what was the first month like with Goddard up on campus? It's funny. I actually didn't, didn't meet Chris until basically when he committed to OU in June or whatever it was. But I, I, I have one memory of him before that. And it was at the Merido am in 2020. Yeah. And I didn't know who he was, to be honest with you. And I saw his picture and he's got this terrible mustache. Yes, he does. And he's wearing, and he's wearing joggers. And I was like, who is this guy basically? And then a year and a half later, he's playing alongside us, but um, he's been obviously a vital, vital part of, of what we've been able to do this year. And he is one of the most talented players in college golf. And and to be able to have that as, as a teammate and actually me and Chris live together. So a teammate and a roommate that's able to uh, push all of us to be better. He's, he's fit in really well with, with what we have going here. He's, you know, he's friends with everyone. So um, that's been no issue at all. And, uh, I think he's really driven us all to be better, to be honest with you, cause he's, he's so good. I mean, he's the best driver of the golf ball in college of golf. And I can say that with a hundred percent certainty. It's a far, it's a straight. 
And uh, for, for college golf and professional golf, that's, that's really, really useful. So he's obviously had a great year, but, but the uh, team room stuff, if you will, is, has been even better for, for our team. So that, that's obviously a, a big pickup. And I don't know if we'd be where we're at without him. Now, would you say, you said you're living with Goddard up, which is just, I mean, sounds frightening, but I'm sure it's going, I mean, it just, I don't know what to say about that, but would you say that more Jersey is, is rubbing off on you or is more Oklahoma rubbing off on Goddard up? Oh, that's a tough question because there's a little bit of both. I mean, Chris has this, has this DJ that he listens to on SoundCloud um, that has this mix that we listen to called Playpin, and everyone on the team listens to it now. Uh, so we've definitely gotten a little bit of that jersey. I don't know if he's quite gotten much Oklahoma yet. I mean, he's definitely he definitely uh, has his own mold around here. You can tell that he's not from Oklahoma or Texas like <laughs> everyone else knows you is. But uh, I, I don't. I, I would like to think that neither of us have worn off on each other too much. All you know, we have a bunch of Oklahoma Texas guys, and I, I would I would think that we probably haven't rubbed rubbed off on him too much but I don't, I don't know if he's rubbed off on us too much either i think he kind of stays in his own lane and we stay in ours <laughs> so you're saying that he's not going to use one of quade's hand-me-down belt buckles at greyhawk is what you're saying um i think i would bet all of my future earnings that chris <laughs> does not show up with a oklahoma outlaw belt buckle on a greyhawk gotcha gotcha now well, now i know obviously still amateur golf here so whenever you guys play your friendly matches i know there's absolutely no financial stakes on the line because that's 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 what pros do but you guys are amateurs of course. Uh, but i do think i've seen on social whenever you guys play head-to-head i think the loser has to get their picture taken with the winner is that am i right by is that correct yep we uh we started that because we were this was probably january or february before the spring season started we were talking about chipping and I, and I basically told Chris, I was like, you suck at chipping. And he, and he wouldn't admit to it. And so, so he's like, he's like, well, let's go have a chipping contest. I was like, well, let's put something on it. I said, if I beat you, you have to post a picture of me shaking your hand on your Instagram. And you have to say at Logan McAllister is a better, a better, I forgot what I said, chipper, right. short game, whatever it was, sure. is a better blank than me. And uh, sure enough, I beat him because he sucks at chipping. And that has continued because I've seen that go back and forth a lot. <laughs> yeah. So then we turned it into, uh, we actually haven't done it in a couple months. We should probably fire it back up. But uh, then it turned into every qualifier that we played where we all, I mean, because we would miss qualifying rounds every once in a while, but every qualifier where we played the same rounds, um, we'd have to post the other person and say how many shots they beat us by. So I think one of the qualifiers this spring, Chris beat me by like 12 and a six round qualifier. Oh, nice plan. And uh, he, he, he posts, he posts, um, or uh, I had to post at Chris Goddard up as 12 shots better than me or whatever. And I got all these people in my DMs being like, are you serious? 12 shots. I'm like, come on guys. It's, it's a six round qualifier. Still pretty impressive, but everyone was thrown off. They were like, there's no way he beat you by that many shots. Well, I love the fact that you guys are giving each other the needle and keeping it fun because, again, this is something that I've seen is really consistent with the top programs in the country. Everyone is pushing each other to get better and better. And it's yeah. it's there's no days off. There's no relaxing. It's I want to beat you. Yes, you know, we're all going for the same common goal, but still – when it's chipping, putting, qualifiers, you know, casu- there are no casual rounds. Uh, you know, someone wants to kick your ass. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about the guy that runs the show. Let's talk about Coach Hibble. Now, he he looks like a linebacker prowling the fairways, you know, shaved head. Um, he puts the game face on, and he, he does look like an intimidating force out there. 
how intimidating can someone actually be, though, in your opinion, while wearing a sweater vest? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was too intimidating at the national championship last year. That was all uh, superstition based. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. You hear guys are like, is, is coach mean? He look he looks like he would be really mean. And we're like, no, he's not actually mean. He's just got a bald head and kind of a, uh, a smirk that he puts on that scares people. But uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think it's kind of, I would like to think that it's, I mean, I don't think it actually does, but I'd like to think that it might scare some, some guys off, uh, scares the competitors a little bit, if you will. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, we're heading into Greyhawk and I just, you know, last year, you know, personally you had a, and gosh, you had this this great run. Obviously, you go undefeated in in your matches, and then oh, by the way, let's just make two hole in ones while we're taking a little trip out to the desert. Um, how does, I guess, how does Greyhawk set up well for you? And then also, you know, how did you acclimate yourself as quickly to the course? Because again, it's in the desert. Not a lot of teams have a lot of experience in the desert. Yes, the ball goes further, but that also means it goes further out of the rough it goes further with with irons where you're not you shouldn't be trying to completely crush wedges but it just seems like the ball just keeps going and going how did you kind of learn it as quickly as possible and and find success yeah I, i think we do a really good job of of prepping and practice rounds coach coaches are really good um a really good teacher of how to play a golf course you know guys do the the decade stuff or whatever, which, which I think is basically what coach is able to do. He just does it without doing a bunch of math. And so every practice round, we're able to get the plan that we want in place. And I haven't been to a tournament in my career here where I have felt like I don't know the golf course well enough to go out and play well. And so it was the same thing in the, in the practice round last year, it was a hundred degrees and we're all honestly kind of miserable, but we were still able to grind out um, some really quality time, uh, learning the golf course and knowing where pins would be before we even knew where pins would be, obviously. And, uh, just have a really, a sense of confidence around the whole team, to be honest with you. Um, all five guys are, are ready to go every week and it's no different than the national championship. Um, so he's, he's good at that. And then he's really good at, at, um, not like specifically, I've only played one national championship. I was there as a, as a sub in 19 and then I played last year, obviously. And, he also does a really good job of, of not getting us caught up in the moment and, and trying to get us to treat it like a normal event because sure. it does have more significance, obviously, because it is the biggest tournament in college golf and it's the one you want to win the most. But at the end of the day, you still got to get the golf ball from point A to point B. And so a lot of that is done in the practice round, to be honest with you, just making us comfortable with, with everything we're doing and confident. Well, you, you got to Greyhawk this year by winning – your regional, which was moved to your home course in Norman, Oklahoma, after it uh, it was transferred over from Alabama, due to, they had some course issues. So you got to host regionals. Probably something you've never experienced and probably won't experience ever again is playing in front of a home crowd. Uh, I don't know how many of those fans are going to travel to Arizona, but uh, yeah, it's cool to pick up the win. But I'm how cool is it just to play in front of just some crazy Sooner fans on your home course? It was it was amazing. I like you said, I mean, I've never, I've never played in front of a home crowd and, and I probably never will again, to be honest with you, because the only thing we have in Oklahoma is really at Southern Hills, which is in Tulsa and I'm from Oklahoma city. So, um, we had a really nice turnout of, of OU fans. I can't say that all of them necessarily knew golf. I was going to say the exact, I was going to say the exact same thing. I, I knew that's where you're going. Cause I'm like, I think I saw coach Hibble or your, your athletic department kind of put out, Hey, let's, 
let's pack the course. Let's get everyone to come out. And, and I'm guessing yep. anyone that ha- owns an OU shirt is like, yeah, that sounds like fun. What's golf? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So it was, it was an interesting dynamic because I mean, I'm sure this happens at a lot of home events, but you know, it wasn't a crowd that was clapping for anyone else's good shot, except an OU player, <laughs> which is, which, you know, the, the other teams are fine with it. Cause I'm right. Like I said, I'm sure at their own home events, it's probably the same deal, but, uh, it was really cool to have to have a significant amount of people come out. We we always talk about how we have such a big football program at OU and such a big support system behind them, um, but we we almost feel like there's not that many people that that know about the golf team even now. And I think it's starting to get to that point. And we saw that last week because of just how many people that, like I said, didn't really know anything about golf, but they knew that we have a good team and and they wanted to come out and support us. And it was awesome to be able to do that and. I don't know if I'll ever be able to uh, have that type of home crowd advantage again, but I'm, I'm really thankful that we were able to get that regional because I, I'd been thinking about it, you know, when I was thinking about taking a fifth year or not, honestly, having a regional at home was in that equation to some extent because it's a big deal to be able to play at home and, and be comfortable. And um, I'm really glad that we were able to get it after I'd already made that decision not to take a fifth year. Yeah. Um, and so it was kind of a blessing in disguise, and it's something that I'll never forget for sure. Well, I'll get you out of here on a, on a little bit of a rapid fire, but before I do that, uh, you know, there's some things that obviously you just talked about, you know, that you're not taking a fifth year, so you are moving on to the professional ranks after uh, your your uh, your week here at, at Greyhawk. You know, you have a really high ranking in PGA Tour U. You're within the top five. You're on the final watch list for the Haskins Award. You have all these things that are next. I'm not going to ask you how you put these things out of your mind because that's not realistic. Um, what I want to ask you is how does Coach Hibble, how does Oklahoma kind of help you navigate that in this senior season so that you can take care of business as a Sooner but also be prepared for what lies next? I think obviously PGA Tour U started last year and we had some guys that were up there pretty high. And Coach set the standard of that this is really significant but we're still a team and we're still trying to, to win as a team. Um, and so, you know, I've, I've thought about that all year because it's impossible not to think of because, yeah. you know, it has, it has all the connotations of what your future looks like. But I, I honestly think what's helped me the most is the fact that I've been able to get that out of my mind a little bit because I'm more focused on, on what this team is doing. And it, and it just goes back to what our culture is because that team, trophy is more important than that individual trophy. And we're all aware of that. And, and that's the culture that, that coach Evelyn and Bill have built. And I think it's something that's going to continue for as long as they're here. So I, I would, I would attribute a lot of my success as an individual to what we've been able to build as a team. Well, clearly uh, it's been a magical season. I mean, you pick up a win, Goddard has a win, Welch has a win. So, I mean, it's just been, it's been a great season. So let's get you out of here on a quick one. I, I know you have, as we mentioned, you have a social engagement you're at right now that I know, I don't, I feel guilty keeping you from. So we're going we're <laughs> to move you back to that, but uh quick one, rapid fire. We'll get you out of here. Uh, just trying to learn a little bit more about this Oklahoma team. That's going to come and try and, uh, you know, win a national championship. Um, best, uh, best in the weight room. Who's the best guy in the weight room right now for the Sooners? Um, Blake Lorenz. Blake Lorenz. Okay. Goddard is now going to be really upset that you said that. That's okay. Uh, I'm glad I said that over Chris. I thought about saying Chris, but I knew I couldn't say it. Worst in the weight room. Um, oh, this is going to be tough to throw someone under the bus. I'm going to go with, 
uh, Turner Hoff, because he'll listen to this and he'll laugh at that. Okay, perfect. Uh, Patrick Welch, one of your teammates, obviously picked up a win this year at Southern Highlands. He plays cross-handed. Not sure if many people know that, but he he, uh, he plays cross-handed. So your short course in Norman, uh, the ransom course, who would win if you play cross-handed against Welch playing conventionally? Oh, he would absolutely destroy me. He, you'd be surprised how well he hits it going conventional. It, it looks the same as his normal swing, to be honest with you. And I've tried to cross-handed, and it is no bueno. Okay. Uh, who has the worst taste in music? Um, ben Lorenz. Okay. Uh, who struggles the most with the ladies? Chris Goddard. <laughs> you got a death wish, man. I mean, really? <laughs> you got your room with the guy. Why are you doing this? Um, let's see. Uh, who is the person on the team when they were first on a private jet acted like the biggest dork? Uh, Stephen Campbell. Okay. Uh, who has the best Hibble impersonation? And since it's probably you, can you give me a little bit of it? Uh, I do not have a good one at all, but... Everyone on our team except me pretty much can do his swing to perfection okay. and do all of his mannerisms. So you'll have to ask him about that when you see him next week. Love it. Uh, which other team at Oklahoma, one of the other teams in athletics, which team do you guys hang out with the most? Um, we honestly don't don't see too many of them that much. Probably, probably baseball. Okay, baseball. Um, uh, Oklahoma State or Texas, who do you want to beat the most? Uh, Oklahoma State. Okay. All right. You did pretty good with these. I, I, these are all easy ones. I mean, you were probably nervous I was going to give you a tough one. I, I had to say the one about the about Chris and the ladies. I, I had to say that. I love it. I love it. It's, it's an easy t- – I mean, we, we talked about this before this episode started. Any chance we can to have some fun at Chris Goddard's expense, we need to take full – I mean, use this platform, you know, Logan, to, to your advantage. I mean, it's free reign. Any, anything you want to do. Yeah, the best, like I said, I, I know Chris is going to listen to this, and he's going to be mad at me. So it's it's perfect storm. All right, well, this was uh, this was good. Glad we got to catch up uh, leading into Greyhawk. Really, uh, congrats on an impressive season, and uh, obviously, job's not done. But um, uh, really, you know, seven seven team wins, and uh, yeah, really, uh, really, congratulations on a great effort. And um, we'll see you out in the desert. All the best. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. I enjoyed it. And there you have it. Special thanks to Logan McAllister for joining me on this episode here at the Back of the Range. Don't forget, follow along on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Every single episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. We'll see you next time here at the Back of the Range.